All right. We are here at Youngstown Baptist Church on this uh, 17th of, of uh, September and uh, continue on in our study of spiritual gifts. And uh, let's um, uh, take our Bibles and go ahead and, and read our text passage that we've been looking at the last uh, two or three weeks in 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to go ahead and read verses 1 through 12. And 1 Corinthians 12. And uh, I think we'll do it as we did it last week. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll all take turns reading a verse. Is everybody there? Yeah. All right. And Brother John, if you'd start at verse 1, and we'll go. And Brother Sam next, then Krista, and then Jim. You don't have it in English. No. 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 Okay, then, then uh, we'll, 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 we'll skip you this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. All right. Okay, I'll start. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understanding that no man speaketh. Speak, speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one <clears throat> is given the Spirit of the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Verse 12? Yeah, verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. All right, we'll uh, just stop there. I'm going to go ahead and pass these around. Jim, you take that. This is a list of uh, spiritual gifts. I didn't separate it according to the three passages uh, where spiritual gifts are found in the Bible. Do you know what those passages are? We, obviously, it's right here in 1 Corinthians 12. Where, where are the other two passages that, that give us a list of spiritual gifts? Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. And Matthew 5. No. Matthew 5 is the uh, Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, James 1.7 speaks about, about uh, gifts. Every perfect gift comes down from the Father. But uh, one other one that actually is has quite a few, uh, it's, it's Romans chapter 12. So, 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans chapter 12. 
uh, if you can remember those, those are the ones that are uh, spiritual. I'll give a list of that with Ephesians uh, 4. Now, I, the, the Bible doesn't really break spiritual gifts up into um, three categories. The Bible breaks them up into two categories. Do you, do you remember those two categories? Do you remember? So, in, in, in uh, 1 Peter 4, it talked about two kinds of spiritual gifts. One for speaking and one for serving. There's so I, I've said before, I know what you're you're thinking there, Chris. I've said before, I think that every that every um, um, believer has has a spiritual gift for evangelism, for witness, and then they also have a spiritual gift for edifying the building of the church. That may be the same gift, by the way. Uh, it may be that the spiritual gift that uh, God gives somebody allows them to be able to do those two things. And, frankly, that, that it could be either one, a gift of speaking or a gift of service. Uh, because a lot of people are led to the Lord by seeing what somebody, the faithfulness in somebody else. And uh, so, but there is a, a third category, and it's, and, and I want to talk a little bit about that today. It's the revelatory gifts. And uh, so, I put these under here because I guess there is um, not a great deal of consensus among people whether some of these gifts belong in the revelatory category or their continuing gifts today. We know that some spiritual gifts are no longer in operation. And we know that why. You're in 1 Corinthians 12. Go right over to chapter 13. Yes. Really, we should read the whole chapter, but for time's sake, we're not going to. We'll just, we'll just read verses 9 and 10. But we know in part, for we know in part, and uh, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. And uh, so there were gifts that were given like the gift of apostleship. Uh, in order to be apostle, in order to be an apostle, you had to have seen the Lord Jesus Christ firsthand. And, uh, oh, hello, come on in. So, if you didn't see the Lord firsthand, then you're not an apostle. And, and uh, um, Paul, Paul saw the Lord on the road to Damascus, and, and he also spent three years and was taught of Christ he said in Arabia, in the backside of the desert. So, so he did see Christ, and who knows, Paul was certainly old enough that he could have seen Christ uh, before he got saved. And so Paul does meet the uh, qualifications of apostleship, but certainly nobody after Paul does. And uh, so we know that the gift of apostleship 
is uh, something that is that is done away with. But there are other things, other ones as well. Uh, uh, for example, the the, the gift of, uh, of of tongues and the gift of uh, working of miracles. In order to authenticate that they were prophets speaking new revelation, God gave them the gift of working miracles. You remember the incident where Paul, uh, people would, Paul would get handkerchiefs and, and people would touch the handkerchief and they would be healed of their diseases, things like that in, in the book of Acts. And that kind of stuff was not continuing. In fact, it didn't even continue on in Paul's life because later in Paul's ministry, he talks about having to leave, I think it was Tychicus, uh, he was sick. If he was sick and Paul has the gift of healings, the way that it is taught today, then why didn't Paul just heal him? But he didn't. He left him. He left him sick. Uh, because God didn't... The gifts of healing, uh, like the workings of miracles, was. it's also like the filling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Paul was, and others were the apostles, they were filled on the day of Pentecost, right? But later it talks about them being filled again. So if they were filled on the day of Pentecost, then why did they need to be filled again later? Because it's not an ongoing thing in the sense of, of being completed once and done forever. It's something that has to, that has to keep going. And uh, so uh, some of these gifts are like that. Uh, discerning of spirits, prophecy in the sense of foretelling new revelation, uh, tongues. Now, uh, in the Bible, in the Bible, uh, there's different words for tongues and languages, uh, but the whenever it's used in the in the plural, it always means known languages. There isn't a single case in the Bible where tongues used plural is speaking of unknown languages. It's always a known language, and when it's in the singular, then usually the King James puts that unknown tongue in front of it, speaking in an unknown tongue. And uh, so sometimes, uh, you know, in order to authenticate the Word of God or to get the Word of God to people, uh, like on the day of uh, Pentecost when there were people from uh, roughly 16 other uh, countries and they all heard in their own language in their own dialect uh, the the gospel message and so these are all these revelatory gifts now not all of them necessarily are, are that way the like for instance the gift of faith um, I think the majority of Bible scholars are uh, it, they're talking about the gift of faith in the sense of moving a mountain or maybe doing, praying that God would do a miracle and God would do a miracle. Uh, I, I'm not sure that that, I'm not sure at all that that one is, is done away with. I think that could still very well be a gift of operation in operation today. And also, I think the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge are likely to be a gifts that could be continued today. But I'm not going to argue with people about it. If somebody says that they have the, the word of wisdom, um, but uh, I think we have to be realistic and I think we have to compare scripture with scripture, right? Uh, so uh, if somebody says that they have the word of wisdom and they're not leading people 
to faith in Christ, they don't got what they claim. Because he that winneth souls is what? Wise. Wise. So if you have word of wisdom and you're not sharing it with others, are you wise? Not really. Then I don't think you have. I, I you know, I just I think that that you know that that's what it is. The it's the ability, a special ability to share the truth of God in a way that helps people come to faith in Christ. Uh, word of knowledge. It's interesting too that what it's the first one here in First Corinthians, isn't it? The word of wisdom. What was the spiritual gift that everybody in apparently everybody in that church wanted to have? Wisdom. No. They didn't want that at all. In the book of Corinthians, if you read the book of Corinthians, the one that they all wanted was tongues. Hmm. They all wanted to be able to babble an unknown language. Hmm. They wanted to be able to say things that didn't make sense. Is is that wise? Hmm. <laughs> so uh, it, it's. I think it's no coincidence uh, that the very first one, it, the very first one in 1 Corinthians 12 is, uh, is the word of wisdom. Not the word of, of unknown languages. The word that makes you feel good personally but doesn't really, can't be a blessing to anybody else. Uh, and by the way, uh, the, the whole purpose of spiritual gifts is to make us feel good, right? Not at all. Not at all. The whole purpose of spiritual gifts is twofold. It's to do what? Two things should a spiritual gift do. Edify the other believers in the church and evangelize the lost. Spiritual gifts exist for the purpose of helping us evangelize the lost and helping us to build up the body, which is the local church. And so if a spiritual gift is something that somebody values only because it makes them feel good when they're doing it, but it doesn't benefit anybody else, and speaking in an unknown tongue could not possibly benefit anybody else. There's no way that hearing somebody else babble, even if you are all for it, you, you can't be blessed by it. There's, you're not made any better when somebody, you know, ickety-lickety-lickety-split, and then, and then, oh, praise the Lord, you know, with manifestation of the Spirit. Well, that's not a manifestation of the Spirit. You know, they might have just had, you know, too many pepperonis on their pizza the night before, uh, but but the 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 and where's the interpretation of tongues? If if the in the churches that I have seen where tongues took place, is there anybody interpreting the speaking in tongues? Uh, I think in most cases there isn't, and even if there was. How do we know that's the interpretation? Because if you take somebody from the Yoido Full Gospel Church and, and they claim to have the gift of tongues, and you have them speak into a recorder, 
And then you find two people from that church who claim to have the gift of interpretation of tongues. And separately you let them listen to the recording of the person speaking in tongues. Do you think that they're going to have the same interpretation? They're not going to. Because it's not of God. So, so uh, that's that's why those things are done away with. When they were when they were uh, occurred, which by the way, the the whole unknown babbling thing, uh, that that there's no indication that that was ever of God. Uh, in Pentecost, they they understood known languages. People were amazed that this guy never has been to my country. He never learned to speak my language. It's like, it's like if I started, suddenly started speaking Lingala, he would be pretty shocked. If I started speaking Korean, people would be pretty shocked. And I've been studying it for like 20 years. you know. But, but if I started speaking a language that I had never heard, uh, then, then that, would be, that would be pretty amazing. It's not amazing just to make some sound. That's that's really not that amazing, and uh, you know anybody can do it if they practice long enough. Uh, so these these uh, revelatory gifts were there to uh, 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 authenticate and validate the apostles and prophets who were bringing new revelation, which became the New Testament, uh, to the churches. And uh, so those are those revelatory gifts. And uh, I'm not saying that God couldn't give somebody the gift of speaking in a language that they never learned today if he so chose to do it. God could do it. There's no limit on what God can do. Uh, um, God can do that. God can give somebody the ability to discern a spirit. By that, they don't mean a you know, evil spirits or, or demons or something like that. It, it simply means to discern whether somebody's intention is, is uh, good or bad. And uh, so uh, all of those, those things, I think uh, there is at least a question whether some of them uh, have continued today, but I think the majority of the ones in that revelatory gift list, they, they don't uh, go on today. Uh, but let's look at the ones that, that, that do. The speaking gifts, there's prophecy. Uh, prophecy in the sense of foretelling, not foretelling, not telling some new revelation from God. Anybody who says that, that you know, God told me this, and it's something that isn't in the Bible, they're a liar. And, and, and you know, in, according to the Word of God, that person should be stoned. Uh, but uh, declaring what has already been revealed uh, with power, that is a spirit of prophecy. God gives some, some men that gift of prophecy, to be able, the, the ability just to be able to boldly proclaim what has been revealed. And uh, then evangelist, God gives some the gift of, e of being an evangelist. Now that's not, uh, how that's defined is probably not like some strict definition. So somebody who goes from church to church and speaks in revival meetings or speaks about family issues or something like that, I don't have any problem with saying that they have a gift 
of, of uh, the gift of evangelism, or somebody on the other hand who's a member of a church and they're just uh, really effective in leading people to Christ and they say they have the gift of evangelism, uh, I think that could both be true. Uh, I'm not necessarily um, saying, I don't know that we can define some of these things really uh, strictly. Uh, how these gifts play out in the lives of different people, because people are different, uh, could, could be different and, and, and still be true. And then, of course, some, uh, some people have the gift of pastors there. And I, I guess I would, when I say pastor, I mean more in the sense of shepherd. Somebody with an overwhelming burden to, to feed people spiritually. Uh, you know, a prophet doesn't necessarily, that's not his overriding um, concern, is that people get fed spiritually. His concern is that the truth is proclaimed. But a pastor, he is going to be much more concerned that people are built up, that people are edified, that people are cared for, that people are protected. Then there's teachers. And uh, teachers are somebody that God has given the special ability to communicate the Word of God clearly in a way that other people will be able to understand it. They themselves understand it because nobody can teach what they don't understand. And, and then they have the ability to clearly communicate uh, what, what uh, God has uh, helped them to understand. And then there's the gift of exhortation. Uh, but I think we could probably call that like counsel, the counselor. Uh, somebody who has the ability to uh, um, see people's needs that aren't apparent and help them figure out how to resolve it. And there are pastors who are prophets. In other words, they're really good at pro proclaiming the truth. And then there are pastors who are evangelists. That, that is, their, their concern seems to largely be to reach more people with the gospel. And then there are pastors who are shepherds. And there are also pastors who are teachers. And there are even pastors who are counselors. And so, but there are also church members who could be all of these things. I think that somebody could potentially be a church member and have the gift of pastoring, not in the sense that God has called them to fulfill one of those two uh, areas, roles of offices in the church, but they just have a need to, to care for other people, to help other people, and be a blessing to other people, build them up like that. And so those, these are all uh, involve largely how we use the gospel how we proclaim the Word of God. And uh, we do it through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And those are the speaking gifts. Then there's the service gifts. And uh, that first one, giving. That's the one nobody prays and asks, God, would you give me the gift of giving so that I can give beyond my means? So that I can, I can, I can punch above my weight at offering time. Um, but that's a spiritual gift, and God does give some people that. Then there's the gift of helps. Um, that is somebody who's just a really compassionate person. And God gives them the ability to, oh, 
I think that a lot of deacons, in the sense of the biblical sense of, of deacons, because that's what really that word. Uh, I, I, I was going to look it up, but I, I got busy and I forgot. But I was going to look up and see if the word helps and the word ministering, I'm pretty sure they're both the same word, diaconus, something like that. And it's the word that we get deacon from, which literally means servant. And uh, so uh, many good deacons, that's their spiritual gift, the, the ability to serve to help, to minister to others, uh, what they do. And uh, then there's also governments, uh, that is administration. It's um, being, being able to look down the road, uh, I, I guess, a little bit and, uh, and see uh, what things are going to have to be done for the church to be able to continue to function properly, making sure that things are taken care of, whether it's sufficient paper towels for the bathroom, um, uh, whatever we're going to need for um, the regular church activities, that that kind of stuff. Somebody has to somebody has to order the paper towels. Somebody has to do it. And uh, you know, do you remember the the uh, uh, in the book of Acts, the, there was widows being neglected. And, and the, the apostles and elders, they said, it's not me that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. In other words, bring food to those who are hungry. Somebody needs to do that who doesn't have the responsibility of, of preparing messages to preach. And, and upholding people in prayer, things like that. So uh, those are all uh, uh, service gifts. And then mercy. Uh, mercy is, I think, uh, well, it's giving people what, what they, uh, not giving to people what they do deserve. Because there's a lot of people that, uh, uh, frankly, they contribute nothing to a church, right? <laughs> they, come, they come here and, and they get a free meal every Sunday and they never help wash dishes and they never bring any food and uh, they never put any money in the offering plate to pay for the air conditioner in the summer or the heater in the winter. Uh, you know, they drink the coffee and, uh, and then complain, why isn't there any cold soda? And, and uh, but somebody who has mercy gives them a plate full of food with a smile on their face and says, God bless you anyways. So there's all of these spiritual gifts. And, you know, frankly speaking, somebody who's uh, the gift of a prophet uh, is, is probably doesn't have the same gifts of mercy. That, that somebody else has. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a good thing most pastors don't work in the nursery. <laughs> because probably most of us don't have the, the same level of mercy that, uh, you know, that others have. And uh, all of these are spiritual gifts. And 
and they're not necessarily manifested exactly the same way in every believer who has that spiritual gift. But the ones that, that Paul said covet earnestly the best gifts, he's not talking about individually because we can't, we can't change the spiritual gift that we have. God gave it to us because in His sovereign wisdom, we were the right person for the job. And so God gives somebody the gift of mercy, that person isn't the best one to get up and, and, and teach the book of Romans probably. Because they may not have the gift of teaching or prophecy. Uh, they may not even necessarily have the gift of exhortation, but God gave them the gift of mercy, and if they, if they use what God has given them, He'll bless them for it. They'll be a blessing to others. They'll, they'll have peace and contentment in their heart because they're doing what God wants them to do. And uh, so all of, uh, if, if, if every believer in the church discovers their spiritual gift, and then and then becomes like the Sea of Galilee that, that takes the water and, and gives it out, and not be like the Dead Sea that takes the water and never gives it out, and they'll, they'll, be, uh, they'll be blessed of God. And uh, any, any comments or questions about, about these, this list here? You're a quiet group today. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, uh, we we started a few weeks ago, and uh, I, I was talking about the the portion of the spiritual gifts, and then the uh, the purpose in the spiritual gifts, and and today I just uh, for the next couple of minutes I'll, I'll I'll conclude our study of spiritual gifts by t talking about the participation of them. What, what plagued the Corinthian church and kept them from being an effective body was pride. And uh, certain gifts were being exalted and that caused others to be disdained. And I don't much like that uh, in churches. I really don't. Um, I, I've just seen in my experience, this is just my experience, it may not be the same for everybody else, but in my experience I've seen a certain pastor's exalted. And if you didn't achieve their level of success, then you're just, you know. And uh, that, that so violates what God's Word says in 2 Corinthians 10-12, where it says if we compare ourselves among ourselves, we're not what? We're not wise. We're not wise. And uh, so uh, we need to really be careful about that. God gives to people the spiritual gifts that He deems the right one for them. And, and, and that means that nobody else could do it better than them. And uh, I also, you know, there's different movements and sects and you know, they, they focus on uh, some of these revelatory gifts, miracles, and healing, and tongues, and so forth. And uh, I've had a number of people who attended churches of that ilk, and, and they, they weren't there very long, and somebody says, hey, have you gotten the gift of tongues, or have you gotten the gift of healings, you know, and, and uh, let's, let's pray all night until you get it. 
And but nobody ever prays all night. Did did God give you the gift of giving? Mm. Did God give you the gift of helps or of of exhortation or mercy? And so um, that's that's what uh, that's what I'm concerned with. I believe that my job as a pastor is to equip each member of church for ministry. My job as a pastor is not to do the work of the ministry. My job is to teach people how to do the ministry that God has called them to do. And uh, I think that it, in American churches. Uh, that has been forsaken. And instead what you have is you have a professional staff who are paid to do everything and what it amounts to is the rest of the people or at least 80 or 90 percent of them coming to church simply to be entertained. Or maybe in their minds they're coming to be educated. But the education must not be doing much good because if if education isn't doesn't have an outlet, then it, it isn't beneficial to anybody. Mm. And uh, so, um, I think that if Yongsan Baptist Church in this time of transition uh, that we have, you know, um, we more than ever need to 